Um, so if you have your Bibles or if you have your Bible app, uh, please open that up. We'll be up in Ecclesiastes 11, 7 through 12, 7. Ecclesiastes 11, 7 through 12, 7. Um, and I just want to give you an overview of where we've been since July. Uh, July, we started this book, and I'm hoping that you guys are learning to love it because it is profound and deep, yet there's a lot of talk about death, Right? There's this like negative function in the Bible in Ecclesiastes. It, it serves a, a, a way to tear us down from what we know in this world and what we know in this life and bring us to our knees so that we can truly enjoy what is good and what is great. Um, and then you probably have heard the word hevel at the beginning of Ecclesiastes and at the end of Ecclesiastes that we'll find out next Sunday. The teacher says, everything is meaningless. Everything is meaningless. Life is hevel. Hevel is unpredictable, absurd, ungraspable. That understanding that life is hevel actually frees us to receive life in its fullness and its entirety. And so we get this opportunity to continue in Ecclesiastes. Uh, But before I go any further, let's pray. Father, we love you so much, and you are so good to us. You've given us so many good gifts, and we are in awe of who you are. And God, we ask that you would meet us here in this space. God, that you would turn our hearts to you so that we know the fullness of who you are, that you would turn our ears to who you are and what you're saying to us, God, So that you would help us to know, say, and do all that you have called us to do. God, and I just pray at that end that you stand in my body and give me the words of you. God, may my heart be ever pleasing in your sight. In your name, amen. So what we're going to see uh, this morning is uh, two commands, really. One is to rejoice, and then the next one is to remember. To rejoice and to remember. And we're going to start at youth, and we're going to move into our older age. So I brought my, as Neil, Pastor Neil would say, my garage sale with me. So um, I just want you to go on a little um, exercise with me to kind of rejoice and remember what it might have been like or what it was, if you can remember that far, um, in the stages of life. So there's this, a Dr. Armfield wrote the 12 stages of life. We don't have time for those 12 stages of life, but we're just going to go through four of the main stages. So if you remember with me what it was like to be in diapers. Anybody remember? Okay, good. Me neither. What it was like to be in diapers as an infant. What it was like to wear, look how small these are. I bet you didn't have these when you were growing up. Maybe you did. But what it was like to be in these. Or what it was like to imagine, right? You Captain America. Here we go. You know, like what? Do you remember that? Anybody remember what it was like to put your first backpack on while you're going to pre-K or kindergarten? Those are good times, right? Or your favorite blankie, you know, if you can remember that. Maybe some of you still do have one. Um, But I don't know. If you remember that stage of life, and then we move a little further, we move into more adolescence or early adulthood, and we got another chair here, and maybe you played some sports, and you know, got a little racket, tennis, and you, maybe you uh, got an opportunity to uh, get a medal, or uh, I brought the five-pounders because those 40s were a little too heavy this morning. So what if it was like to, to have the strength in your bones to be able to lift the weights, right? And then you go to a little bit further, and then you get this awesome yearbook 
of 2007. It says, remember when. When you graduate from high school, you put the cap on and you celebrate. And in that moment, you rejoice because guess what? You put another backpack on and you read more books for some of us. We go to school and go to college. And maybe for you, you've experienced some of this and you can remember and rejoice what that was. And for some of us, we go to college and then we, you know, graduate again. And then guess what? For some of us, we start a job, and then you got to do what? To do some lawn mowing, right? You get a house, and you have to do some work, so you have your lawn mower. You get a car, and so you have to take care of that baby. And then you get a pot and pan, so you take care of the house if you uh, want to, right? Do you remember these times? What about vacation? Remember, as you get older, you get some vacation time? Anybody remember those days? Or you guys are looking forward to those days? Or you're in the midst right now, you're on vacation because you're retired? Anybody? Okay, so then you go a little bit further in the stages of life. We have um, kind of this infancy life. We have a little bit more of adolescence and, and young adulthood. And then you got maybe a little bit like you got to work and you got to take care. And, and maybe you have to take these diapers and move them over here because you have kids, if you know what I mean. And then maybe you just have to go a little bit further. And let's be honest, maybe you might need some adult ones too. Because this is a progression of life, right? You start here and you move on a little further. And you walk to this point where you might be in a wheelchair. You might need an oxygen tank. You might need your whatever that is. And then over here is a place where death. And that's the stages of life. And so what we'll see in Ecclesiastes is that in the youth, we are called to rejoice. We are called to remember what this was like or what this is at this very moment. And so we have two commands, rejoice and remember. And the relationship to those two is that as you remember what God has done or as you are remembering, you can rejoice. And so the main point this morning is this, that young or old, we can celebrate and remember the joys of life. But true joy flows from the heart surrendered to God. So young or old, we can still celebrate. So if you think with me, you might be sitting here thinking young or old. I might be closer to the older category. But let me tell you that you are young today because tomorrow you're going to be older. Are you following with me? So no matter where you are in this room, we're all still young in one way or another. But what we see from this passage is that there is a progression that at the end of the day, we are going to return to dust. So here we go. Ecclesiastes 11.7, we'll walk through, um, if you would, just walk, we're going we're gonna to read a little bit, and then we're going to talk a little bit, and read a little bit, and talk a little bit, but here we are, Ecclesiastes 11.7, what you're going to see is a few extra words of joy, you're going to see some words of happiness, and the command is to rejoice. But again, hear me, that sometimes we think young people are blessed because they still have their strength, they still have their wit, they still have whatever that is. But may you know that you're blessed too because you're, again, you're younger today than you will be tomorrow. So today is the day. So here we are, verse 7. Light is sweet and it pleases the eyes to see the sun. So it's great because Ecclesiastes is kind of dark and he's like, light is sweet. There is a moment in which it's very, very beautiful. That life, you're going to wake up and you're going to breathe through both nostrils. 
Anybody know what that's like? Or hey, you're going to wake up five minutes before your alarm goes off and you're all good with the universe. Like you're not pulling yourself out of bed. Life is good. You go outside and the sun is on you and you have this joy about you because life is good. Music sounds better, right? You have this joy on your face. Life is good. And often we move so fast to experience the goodness of life. But guess what? He continues by saying, verse 8, however many years anyone, however many years anyone may live, let them enjoy them all. But let them remember the days of darkness. For there will be many. Everything to come is meaningless. And you've heard this word many times throughout this uh, summer. But it says, but let them remember the days of darkness are coming. There are days coming, and you might consider darkness a little bit like if you move through this progression, and it just, there's days that are going to get, you're going to be tired. There's days that are going to be difficult. There's days where you're going to wake and you're like, oh, man, my back. Where's the ibuprofen or leaf? Oh, my knees. Like, I can't anymore. There are days in which are coming. And so in verse 9, he says, beware. Beware, because there's a day of judgment coming. Verse 9 says, You who are young, be happy while you are young, and let your heart give you joy in the days of your youth. Follow the ways of your heart, and whatever you see, what your eyes see, but know that you are all these things, but God will bring into judgments. For some of us, walking in the ways of our heart means just doing whatever we feel that we want to do. And sometimes we leave this mess behind, if you know, these consequences behind. Because we just live in the moment, what pleases us long term. And so you see young people face these temptations, and maybe you do too. Money, sex, power, image. And the judge, there is a judge coming, and that one day, he sees it all from the beginning to the end, that no matter what we do, no matter what we say, or how we move about in this world, there will be a judgment for all that we have done. So in our youthfulness, beware, be careful how you are living, because there is judgment. Verse 10. So then, banish anxiety from your heart and cast off the troubles of your body, for youth and vigor are meaningless. What does it look like for you to rejoice while you're young, rejoice in this moment, but rejoice responsibly, knowing that there is a judge coming and that this youth piece is is good to pass, There's a day in which we are going to move through that progression over here and we're going to experience what death looks like. But the author is saying rejoice while you are still young. Because the preacher doesn't want us to think of it like this, where it's sucking the joy away from you to know that there's a judgment coming, but to remind us that true joy and true meaning flows from a heart that is surrendered to God, the creator. And so this past week, uh, my family and I, we, um, well, Paxton, my son, and my brother-in-law, Braulio, and my nephew, Seth, we went off to the Hudsonville Fair. So I live in Hudsonville. 
Um, so, you know, you have to go to the Hudsonville Fair, right? Because that's just, no, that's not it. The whole reason why the Hudsonville Fair happens is those elephant ears, you know? Like, talk about rejoice while you're young. If you could still work those things in, oh, yeah. It's the elephant. But then you have to go when there's a wristband. Because otherwise, you're spending $100, right? So you go in there and get your wristband, and you're at the fair. And I see my kid riding these rides. I'm riding it with him, and Braulio and Seth are just living the dream. And then they find this thing called the Funny Farm. So I have a picture I have to show you. The Funny Farm, if it's there. Right here, the Funny Farm. So if you can see this, make, uh, make yourself aware of the Funny Farm. You go into the entrance to the left, and you run through some random things. And you go over here, and my son is over here, and the thing just moves around. It's amazing. It's amazing, because I can't fit in it, so my son just goes in. So he does it 40 times. 40 times! And Brawley and I are sitting here for 30 minutes just watching that come out. Can we ride that? Can we do that again? Yes, you can go do that again. But the wristband, you know, saves you about $100. So um, he enjoys that. But what I noticed, I noticed this joy on his face because it didn't matter about responsibility. We had a birthday party to go to. He doesn't even know, right? He had the joy of his youthfulness. But what else I noticed... Avaristo over here, if you can kind of see him, he's blending in a little bit, and he has his hand on the railing. So I noticed two things, right? The first thing is that he looks bored. <laughs> he looks so bored because we started a conversation with him, and he said, I used to be on the fun rides, and then they basically demoted me to this, the funny farm. But he looks bored, and he's wondering, like, oh, man. And so I wonder if you're bored. Like, you all are still youthful, are you bored? And the other thing I noticed too is, so you see how he's standing with his, he is the keeper of the fund. You see how he's standing? He is in the way of the entrance. How many of us are the keeper of fun that if no one else is having fun, we can't have fun? We just stand there like this. You come through me. We'll see if we can have some fun. So I wonder this about you and I. Are we in a place where we are rejoicing in our youthfulness, whatever youthfulness you're at right now, and that you're just running through the funny farm 40 times, and you're just like, whatever, God has given me life right now to live, and I'm going to have a smile on my face, and I'm going to enjoy it. So that's the one command, rejoice. The second one is in chapter 12, and the second one goes this way. Remember your creator. In the days of your youth. So rejoice and remember. And it's a command. And so we have to step back a little bit because what this teacher is going to teach us here is that as we take a step back, as we see this imagery of the end of life, we can know in its fullness that we can rejoice because of our creator. Our creator. And so we see this imagery Remember your creator in the days of your youth, verse 1. Before the days of trouble come. Okay, here's some trouble coming. And the years approach when you will say, I find no pleasure in them. One translation says this, because there's a coming a day where you won't want to be alive anymore. There's a coming a day where there's no more need for pleasure or anything. You're just done. You're like, ah, I woke up again. I'm like, oh, why, God? I have no pleasure in them at all. And I just want to die. And so it goes on to this imagery. So you can follow along with me in verse 2. 
Before the sun and the, and the light and the moon and the stars grow dark. And this is a reference of our mentality, our mental vitality, how our creativity, our memory, our wit, our sharp minds, that there's a day coming and the clouds are going to return in which you are not going to remember where you put your keys. I mean, I got that going on right now at 29, but there's a day coming where that's going to be a thing for you. Or you're going to take like a supplement or an herb or whatever it is that's helping you, you know, with the memory, and then you already forgot what you just took. You know what I'm saying? So there's a day coming in which you are going to lose your mentality, the vitality of your mental mentality. And then verse 3, when the keepers of the house tremble, and this is a reference to your arms and your legs, or to your arms and your hands, the moment in which you can no longer put your shirt on because your hands are shaking too much or put your watch in. There is a day coming in which the keepers of the house tremble. And we keep going. The strong men stoop. That's a reference to our legs. When the grinders cease because they are few, what's that a reference to? your teeth, and those looking through the windows grow dim, your eyesight. Verse 4, when the doors to the street are closed, and this is a little bit harder, I think, I mean, because we have dentures, but there's a moment in time where you didn't have dentures and you just, you got that face going on, okay? So that's a thing. It happens. Your, your mouth kind of drops. When the doors to the street are closed and the sound of grinders fade, there's a day in which you won't be eating corn on the cob anymore, if you know what I'm saying. There's a day when people rise up at the sound of birds. There's a day in which you either, A, you go to bed really early. You have to get up a few times to go potty. And then there's a time, at the sound of the birds, you're up at five in the morning and you're just like, bing, it's time to go. There's a day in which sleep is going to be uh, tough to experience. But all their songs grow faint. And that's, again, the hearing. Verse 5. When people are afraid of heights and of dangers of the streets. And again, as we grow old and we feel like this, this world is going fast, like you don't feel comfortable driving on the highway anymore. You don't feel comfortable in large crowds anymore because you're very frightened of what might happen because your eyesight's not so good and you're not as fast as you used to. When the almond tree blossoms, this is a reference to our hair or the lack of. And the grasshopper drags itself. Again, this is the difficulty of moving. And then we see, and a desire no longer is stirred. And that's a reference to sexuality. Eventually, there'd be a place in which you're no longer interested in sex. And so what, what the author is saying here is while you're young, while you're young, do you love fishing? Go and fish. Do you love music? Do music. Listen to music. While you're able to live the life that you're called to live, do it now. Remember your creator and rejoice. And so we got here verses 6 and verse 7, and then we'll be done. But verse 6 says, Remember him before the silver cord is severed and the golden bowl is broken. Again, so we have silver and gold. It's like precious, right? Life is precious. And there's a moment where it's going to be severed, and the bowl that's full of oil to light the way is going to break. And then all of a sudden, the oil flows out, and light is extinguished, and then suddenly, life is snuffed out. And if that's not working for you, he says this, before the pitcher is shattered at the spring, and the well broken or the wheel broken at the well. And in Israel's time, you know, it's really hot and water's important. You go to the well and that bucket, 
if it can't hold water, what's the point? And then there's a point where that wheel doesn't even do its thing, so you can't even draw water anyways. And so what happens is life, life ebbs away. And verse 7 is a reference to death. And the dust returns to the ground it came from, and the Spirit returns to God who gave it. There's a day, and we will return to dust. Our bodies will go to the ground, and our souls will return to our Maker. So this morning, why and what are the reasons for you to remember the Creator and rejoice. Why and what are the reasons for you to remember your creator and rejoice? And so I just wrote down uh, two of them, and then I just want to uh, have an experience together. So the first one is remember our creator now because he is your creator. This is what Colossians 1.16 says, For in him all things were created, things in heaven, things in, under, in earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, get this, all things have been created through him and for him. Jesus is the creator of all things, creator of you and creator of me, creator of this world that we get to enjoy. So guess what? Go and enjoy the creator who has given you life. An Irish rock star, Bono, if you've heard of him, I'm sure you have, he put a summary of Ecclesiastes together that I think is very helpful for us. He says this, It's a book about a character who wants to find um, out why he's living, why he was created. He tries knowledge, he tries wealth, he tries experience, he tries everything. You hurry to the end of the book to find out why, and it says, Remember your creator in a way. It's such a letdown, yet it isn't. So what does it look like to remember your creator, to grow in your relationship with God, to keep the God who made you clearly in mind here now today while you have life? And then two, rejoice now because Jesus is your Savior. He's not just the creator, but he's the Savior and he's the Redeemer. That at the beginning of time, when Adam and Eve went into the garden and they took that fruit and they sinned against God, death was entered into the world. And then we experience this slowly, aging, back, pain, whatever it is, death was entered and struggles were entered into this world. But Jesus came, holy God and holy man, never sinning, to take that death upon himself, to liberate his children, to liberate us, to give us freedom, to give us hope, and to give us life. So what does it look like for you to rejoice now because Jesus is your Savior? So remember, the main point is young or old, We can celebrate and remember the joys of life, but true joy flows from a heart surrendered to God, the creator. That we all in our youthfulness, we all are younger today than we are tomorrow. Therefore, today, today, today is the day to rejoice and remember before it's too late. So here we go. I want to experience something with you. 
I'm a youth guy, so like, you know, got to have like a little experiential, maybe some move-in that can happen. Hopefully you grabbed a rock when you came in. If you didn't, there's some more over here. Um, A rock looks like this. You should check that out. And there are some rocks here. And so there is this experience that happened in the Old Testament uh, with the children of Israel in which they have experienced God's deliverance for them. And so what happens in that moment, and you have it a few times, there's this thing called, can you throw up that picture, the Ebenezer Stone. And you maybe have seen this, but there's a few times in the Old Testament in which they've had an opportunity to stack some stones up and do what with them? To remember how God has delivered them. To remember and then to rejoice. And the goal of it is for generations and generations and generations to see those stacks of stones and remember that time when God saved them. And so I wonder about you. If it's for you individually, if it's for your family. And if you have a rock, if you don't, you can grab one. If you don't feel comfortable doing it in our, in our song, maybe you want to do it later. But as a way to remember who God is, is to take your rock and put it on the stone. So that collectively, together, we know that God is for us. And so in Joshua, these Israelites are walking into the promised land. And he says, hey, Joshua says, hey, we're going to go follow the Ark of the Covenant. It's going to lead the way. And they have been told that when they step on the water, the water is going to part so that we can enter into the promised land. And so what happens is that they walk towards the water and they separate. And God delivers them and provides a way out. And as they've done that, God tells them to go, 12 men, go grab stones and put them on the bank of the river here so that we can remember for the days and more days and more days ahead of us that God is our help and God is our redeemer. So we're going to have an opportunity in a little bit if you want to take a stand up and maybe walk a little bit and then put your rock, if you're able to, here. If not, you can do it later. Or if not, go home with your family and talk about the many blessings that you have and maybe build your own Ebenezer stone. And so, to close, what is it that we can remember about God? We can remember that his love never fails. We can remember that his grace is so abundant that no matter what we've said, no matter what we've done, no matter how we've fallen away from God, his grace is there. Not giving you what you deserve, but giving you the grace and the love of Jesus. We can remember the victory The victory of Jesus seeing death on the cross, the victory that we have where he overcomes death, we can remember that. Some of us are tired and thirsty. Some of us need to remember that Jesus is the living water. Some of us here need to remember that depression doesn't have the last word, but that Jesus has come to redeem you. Some of us here need to remember that our sickness does not define us. Who defines us is Jesus, and he's the ultimate healer. If not in this world, in the world to come. Lastly, some of us need to remember that we are a child of the living, holy God. That no matter what, you are loved, loved, loved.
So please, you are invited to, as a family, individually, uh, come and bring your rock into whatever that remembrance is so that in your remembering here now, you can rejoice today of how good God is. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for this opportunity to remember and rejoice in who you are. Thank you for Jesus. And may at this moment we sing how great is our God and how we praise your name. May we come forward and remember by putting a rock on this formation and more rocks on top of more rocks so that we do not forget that you are good. In your name, amen.